Welcome, fellow anglers, to the Working Class Fishing Podcast, a place for all anglers, amateur or expert, to share their stories and learn about fishing. Join your hosts, John and Brian, each episode as they debunk the perceived inaccessibility to fishing, break down the barriers of any and all angling methods, and hear stories from other anglers and their own journeys with fishing. Now, let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. John's out on special assignment tonight, so I am going to try not to screw up our sponsors, but I'm going to go down the list here and read these anyway. So Working Class Fishing Podcast is sponsored by Max and Outfitters, made for anglers by people who fish, trout lander nets, exploration through innovation, lid rig, use your head, snip different, Morris Flyco, Eaton Big, and our newest sponsor, Angry Rooster Fly Company. Make sure to check out all of our fantastic companies through our show notes and descriptions and make sure to support them and any of our discount codes will be in the show notes. So tonight I have our special guest on here. Uh, a lot of you will know this guy. He puts up a lot of funny reels. He puts up a lot of great pictures. He does YouTube and we've been close friends now. Uh, well, uh, close friends, acquaintances. Uh, we're in the same like global network of people here uh, for, oh, geez, I don't know, over a year and a half. Uh, this is Darren Dixon. Uh, you may remember him from the old days as Empire State Fishing, but now he goes by Get Him Outdoors. That is his uh, uh, IG handle. So I have Darren with me tonight. It's a, definitely a pleasure because I always watch all your stuff. I try to reshare it, everything else, but a lot of fun. Darren, thank you so much for being here. No problem. I'm glad to be here. My first ever podcast. I'm super stoked to you know share some stuff about fishing and everything and let everybody know some certain secrets and stuff of the well, fishing. I, I, yeah, I, I think that you, you got a lot of good stuff, like all your things you got going on, like where do you get your ideas for reels? I, I just have to ask because I'll see you, you're like strutting by and it's got like Hulk Hogan music or something. <laughs> well, a lot of them. Um, so I do, I do usually like I have all socials like TikTok, YouTube, Instagram and stuff. And I find all these things actually off of TikTok and I repurpose them onto the Instagram platform. And it just, it just makes so much sense to, to put them on that same platform and kind of double down is what they say in order to grow. And I just love, you know, being able to do that and having all these funny things that haven't been put on Instagram yet. So, and then sometimes I'll just get an idea out of nowhere and then I'll be like, I got to record that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a cool part is like, uh, you're recording something or yeah, it, but you're not always like, it's not always like a fish thing. Like we always put up like fish shorts, like here's a fish yeah. getting chucked in the water, but Yours, you'll like be, you'll be in your living room or in your basement or something yep. like that. And yeah, like I said, you got like this really creative median with all that kind of stuff. It's super cool. Yeah. It's just one of those things, you know, whenever I have time, I try to, you know, I try to double down on it, like do four or five in one day and then wait and kind of auto cycle it throughout the week. So I have enough content. Cause like, like I said before, I work about 50 to 60 hours a week in my regular job. And then I do this as, as like a side thing, but I still manage it every single day. So the people expect, you know, content every day. I like to give them what they want. That's absolutely incredible. You're, so you're working, what, what do you do for a living? 
So I'm actually a, a pest control technician for Ehrlich Pest Control in the uh, New York area, in the lower New York area. So I do 50, 60 hour weeks. I deal with bugs and stuff like that. And then I do all my fishing stuff and all my recording and GoPro and YouTube stuff on the weekend when I can. So I like to say I work hard on the on the weekdays so I can enjoy my time on the weekends. So, so that pest control job, does that give you like any kind of insight as to like what the fish might be feeding on because you, I mean, I know you're looking at a lot of household pests, but you know, does that give you like any insight? Um, I do see a lot of like flies and stuff out and everything sometimes too. So I do see certain things that typically could be around in rivers and stuff like that and lakes and, and ponds. And I try to, you know, I have dabbled into fly fishing a little bit because I actually have the Delaware river about probably 15 minutes from where I am. So I get to do a little bit of fly fishing around in the spring and the fall time for the brown trout and everything that are in there no that's super cool well you you fish uh, a multitude of different varieties too i uh i was watching one of your youtubes over the winter it's like ice fishing i'm like man yep. there's just something else for me to spend money on tip-ups and uh, <laughs> uh ice shack and all this it's like okay and then yeah. uh you know come around spring it's like you start you you go like through this whole cycle for bass it's like all right, we're going to start doing drop shot and then we're going to go to Ned's and we're going to go, you know, to cranks and then we're going to go to frogs. And it, it, like, you, you got like this whole, you know, annual cycle that goes from spring, summer to fall transition back. And, and but you, you're constantly out there targeting this fish. So yeah, I absolutely. That, yeah, I've, I figured that that pest control thing would he definitely help you out with that. Oh, yeah, I've been doing it for about six years now. I started right out of high school. And, you know, then I, I finally really started to catch on to bass fishing because I'm actually originally from New Jersey. So I, I've been, you know, fishing for about 22 years of my life, ever since my grandfather, you know, God bless his soul, because he's no longer with us. But um, he taught me basically everything between hunting and fishing and all that stuff. I really, um, I used to fish the Muskinacon River in um, New Jersey, and that's where we got a lot of our brown trout, rainbows, brookies. I caught a couple of tiger trout, and he, we had this method down to a science. Like we would, um, there's a thing, there's like a, a state law, I think it's in spring, that every time they only allow you to fish, I think, um, the first week of trout season, they make you wait until about eight o'clock in the morning, and everybody gets out at like four o'clock and at you know, in the morning and then they all get their spot and then they all start fishing right as that eight o'clock alarm sounds. And me and my grandfather would have this routine where, um, you know, I was in kind of like elementary school or like middle school at the time. And I'd wake up at four 30 in the morning and we'd go and limit out right around like eight 30. Cause we had this <laughs> spot there before anybody else. <laughs> Dude, that's cool. I was going to ask you where you got started fishing. Cause that's like the way every fishing podcast starts like how did you get started fishing so yep. you're saying your grandpa took you out yeah he took me out a lot i i it's, i started right at the age of two like as soon as i could walk i was holding fish in my hand so i owe that to him and that's really what get them outdoors is about is you know i want to get people into little kids into fishing and just people in general into fishing just like he did for me no that's awesome now do you do you work with any kind of uh mentorship programs right now or are you just kind of putting it out there on social media like hey you know you can work hard and go fish too yeah that's and basically hunt. what it is is um you know like i have all these things set up now i just started a merch shop so a lot of the uh, portions on two months are actually going to be going towards part of for my family side and then one's going to be dedicated to a, a kids fishing tournament in honor of my grandfather's name because he got me into it and that's what i want to do to give back to the community 
Man, that's super cool. And and when you get that like built out, let us know. We'll definitely be helping you to promote that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a little you know, private spot that I can do it. So it works out. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And, you know, even though we're coast to coast, we're definitely going to help you out with that because we're big proponents to, you know, get kids out fishing. That's, that's a, the most important thing and whatever we can do. And of course, we got a lot of wonderful listeners out there and, and a lot of wonderful listeners in your area too. Yeah, uh, that, that would be willing to help out as well. But um, back to, you know, back to like the targeting species and everything. So I have this kind of down to a science. Um, you know, I really didn't start getting into bass fishing until about 2016, my senior year of high school. And I was like, you know what? I have a river down by where I can catch some smallmouth, which is actually the Susquehanna River. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try doing this. So I started off with inline spinners and all that stuff. And then, then came the, you know, the bass fishing addiction to, oh, I want crankbaits. Oh, I want whopper ploppers, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's where it really started. And, um, you know, when it really comes down to it, like I target smallies, walleyes, uh, springtime is normally trout. And then I go towards bed fishing for bass in like May and June, because that's normally our time where they're bedding down. And then I also do like walleye, I do crappy, like a whole wide range of variety of fish. And then I also do um, what I want to get into for catfishing. Um, I want to do it at night, but I want to see if I can get a couple of YouTube videos for night fishing for catfish on the Susquehanna too. Yeah, that would be super cool because that would kind of round out all of your species, you know. Exactly. And, you know, uh, I guess taking a couple steps back, you're originally from New Jersey. You grew yes. up with somebody that was really like into the outdoors. When somebody says New Jersey or New York or Pennsylvania to me, I the first thing that comes to mind is definitely not outdoors. But I think there's always a certain level of debunking because, uh, you know, New York City is a, is a huge city. Buffalo is yes. a big city. Syracuse is a huge city. Yep. Uh, Newark and and all these other places, uh, Trenton, and uh, they're, they're huge cities. They've been there for oh, three, yeah. 400 years. But it's, it's not like it takes over the entire state of, of New York. Uh, the area you're living in is fairly rural. Yes, um, it's more suburban area, but there are like rivers that are attached to it. And, you know, there's there's ponds and, and places that you can fish. Um, you know, I grew up in the same, you know, suburban area, basically in New Jersey, too. So I'm, you know, I'm all suburban area, just kind of rural, just outside of the countryside, but just outside of the city area aspect. So right in the middle. Okay. And, and I, the reason I asked that is, is that a lot of people that, that have like land access issues and things like that, do you run into a lot of those issues in your area? Um, not really. I have a lot of public places that I go to. I kind of swap them from time to time. Cause I don't want to get my viewers and stuff bored of the same spot, you know, fishing the same species. So that's why I kind of rounded up to like, okay, well, I want to do, you know, like my, my one week I'll do like walleye fishing and crappy fishing, and then I'll do bass and cat, you know, bass and catfish or bass and you know smallmouth and largemouth so i kind of try to switch it up because i don't want to be like you know the auto repetitive of just you know doing the same thing all the time yeah my i guess my our viewers you know with our youtube channel they're gonna get sick of me because it's all trout and like crappie or bluegill and panfish and stuff like hey, that hey i mean uh, you know just get some well, ideas just, fly fishing or something you know well and that's kind of what i go off of the basis of like like, like you said, you have this really scientific approach to how you fish, because like I said, I'll, I, we see each other's stuff all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you're there every day. I, I post every day, you know, we we're always seeing each other's stuff on like a very frequent basis. 
and you get the science down. I mean, when you started doing that, did you realize that you were like getting that like cubic with this? I really didn't. I started off as just like funny because I saw a lot of people doing it as well. And I'm like, you know what? I like doing this because at the end of the day, like everybody that looks into my stuff, I like to give people a good laugh. I've always been that type of person. I've always had that hilarious personality. So I said, if I can incorporate that into a fishing aspect for my page, why not? You know? Yeah. Well, I, and what I, I guess I was kind of leaning towards was like your fishing techniques physically. Oh, that like, too. Yes. But, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, when, like I said, you'll, you'll go from like, uh, you know, ice fishing and, yep. and you're hitting pan fish, everything else and you're transitioning to walleye. And then when you get into bass, it's like, you know, and I know that there's probably a lot of bass anglers out there that do the same thing. You're talking about like bed fishing, May, June, yes. then yep. transitioning into that post spawn period, the top yes. water, all that kind of stuff. Um, that, I mean, when you started like figuring it out, because a lot of it, it's not like somebody came and took you to bass university. You had to go out and no grind on the on the lake or on the river uh did you realize that you like were putting together that like structured of a of a fishing technique in general like I didn't really at the at, at like the beginning I did start to you know I started watching like YouTube videos I started watching like KBD who's like my idol basically oh, he's yeah. really the one that got me into it and um just recently I actually saw them go up to St. Lawrence and I was riding beside them while I was working and I'm like you know what this just this I, I had to go fishing that day and I caught fish then and it was just meant to be. But when it really came down to it, like all those pros and all the YouTube videos that I've watched and everything, I've, I've it just clicked eventually. Mm -hmm. It just was like, you know what? If KBD says throw red in the springtime or red lips crankbait, you throw a red lips, lipless crankbait. And that's just how it happened. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, myself, I own a lot of KVD square bills, 1.5s and 1.0s and 2.0s. I, I absolutely, I mean, KVD knows what he's doing. He's got a large following of people. Uh, you know, I grew up with Bill Dance and Jimmy Houston and Roland Martin and Al Lindener, you know, these are old school guys that were like warm water anglers. And, when, when I was growing up, that was not necessarily a central thing where I'm at here in Oregon. Nobody was like, oh, we're going to go out and actually bass fish. It's like, yeah, they're out there. If you hook them, smash their head in because they eat salmon and steelhead. Well, yeah, exactly. it's kind of six and one half a dozen of the other. They didn't, they didn't want those fish in the river. Um, now, warm water fishing is becoming very popular around here. But it's always interesting to see. Like, I'll, I'll watch your techniques and I go out and try them. And, really? and yeah, awesome. yeah, they work, they work, you know, if, if I'm on bedded bass, I can't throw as aggressive of baits as you do, because our bass are a lot smaller here, like, where you might get like a three to four pound smallmouth on average, we get maybe yeah. a half pound, a pound and a half, like, if you get a pound and a half smallmouth oh, wow. here, that's a good fish. Uh, it's, it's because of the, the, the stream gradient and the flow and the discharge. I think they have, they've, they've had to kind of evolve to survive because yeah, exactly. you'll find them in like some really wild rivers with like thousands of feet of, of, uh, you know, drop in them and things like that. So it's not like mm -hmm. meandering slow. It's like, here's this raging river in this deep Canyon. And yeah. that's where you find a lot of the smallies, but I've tried your techniques and, and they have worked on the smallies. 
No, I'm not a good bed fisherman, but, but some of your other stuff, like your top water and all that, I've, I've definitely nailed them on that, but I like to wait until they're juiced up. It's 95 degrees out right now here. So it's oh like, yeah, this, this is, this is like ripping for top water for these guys. Cause this is as warm as it's going to get. And they better yeah. get it done now because it, once, once fall gets here, uh, water temperature is going to hit the toilet just like yeah. it is in New York. Yeah, like with New York right now, we're sitting right around the 80 degree range, 80 to 90s. So there's it's blistering hot sometimes. Um, you know, biggest thing is if you're getting really high temperatures and stuff like that, you got to go out in the morning time and you got to go out in the afternoon. I like, I mean, personally, I don't really care about what time it is. I'll, I mean, I'll throw top water at 12 o'clock in the, you know, 12 o'clock in like midday and I'll catch fish on it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. but that's just, that's just New York though. But every, every, you know, state is different in that aspect. Yeah, usually it takes like 95 to 100 degree days here. And wow. evening, you go, you go throw, uh, you throw a chopo, whopper plopper, whatever you want to call it, basically a prop lure, uh, mm-hmm. or a shallow diving crank, and you just get hammer smashed. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Because smallies suck at hooking up too I, on oh, top water, like, you know, the the largemouth can just engulf it, you know, I come up, and all the, but a smallie just sucks a side hook and everything else. Um, I've actually I've ran into that problem before and I like to instead of using the regular chopo if if they're hitting top order like that I'm just going to throw an inline spinner because it does the same exact thing except I'm not using a deep runner I'm actually using a shallow one mm -hmm. and and I did notice that too because uh, I was throwing a uh, it's basically like a MEPS style spinner they call it a bud spinner around here just Mm -hmm. a little silver one man just smashing them left and right in this gravel bed and and we have a lot of like river gravel I was throwing it out, oh, rah, bang, 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 just yeah. like locking horns. And they're all the red-eyed ones, so they're all crazy and everything. Oh, so. they're feisty. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they're fully airborne, strip and drag, everything else. But, you know, nothing big. That was the whole thing. It's like, where's the big ones? And I mean, t- to be honest with me, I'm not really a huge big bass fisherman. Like, I, I like catching big bass. Don't get me wrong. I mean, my PB is only 6'10". So it's nothing to really preach home That's about. That's pretty but- good. It actually, um, have you ever been to Ollie's before? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, there's an, if you have an Ollie's bargain outlet around you around like the time of like May, you want to go in there because they'll actually have fishing gear in there normally. Oh, okay. And yeah, I don't think I actually, we have that chain around here. Uh, not oh, okay. on the West coast. Well, I caught one, I caught my biggest bass on, uh, actually a Berkeley, I think it was a Berkeley war pig 1.5 from Ollie's, which is a $4 lure. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. Cause, uh, um, I, I do need to get some of those, some of those, I, I, I want to try those. I haven't tried them yet. I've, I've mainly stuck to like rebel, uh, like okay. the rebel poppers and like crick hoppers, things like that. And, uh, then, then the strike King, uh, that's what I've mostly mm-hmm. stuck to. So, yeah. uh, and then, and then the original whopper plopper, but I do need to get some of the Berkeley stuff too. So I, yeah. I definitely want to try that. The Berkeley has a, I think it's a Fusion 19 hook that's in it. And the one that I caught her on, she actually, um, so she engulfed it. She actually broke one of my hooks off. And the only reason why I got her, because it was in the tongue area. So I kind of got her back as quickly as I could. But I mean, it was still, it was, it was so addicting. Like I was there for 15 <laughs> minutes after work, got a dangle in and boom, 610. I'm like, um, geez, like I, I was in shock. I was in shock. Well, I think it'd scare the hell out of me to see that big of a fish come out of the water and erupt. 
Well, I have it on my Instagram page and you just see, you just see me saying, Oh my God, like 50 times. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very, uh, I, I, I think I'd have some other words that would be going in there. They'd probably be like, doo, 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 you know, just oh, yeah. <laughs> I yep. mean, Oh man, there's just something about bass. I mean, we could probably sit here and talk all night about bass and not even get to anything subject related to you, but man, there's just something about them. They're a lot of fun to catch. I, I, I really enjoy them, but some of your other species that you have, uh, you were doing an ice fishing video, uh, and yes. I was watching it. I think I left a, a, a comment, uh, chain pickerel, yep. uh, which seems to be something that comes up a lot. Uh, you get in a lot of like pickerel and musky and, or, or um, pickerel and pike and stuff like that. There is musky around here. I've yet to catch one. I just bought a, a big swim bait rod for it. Actually. Um, I've wanted to dive into it and I'm starting to get into the big swim baits this year. Cause that's really my goal is to catch fish on big swim baits and jerk baits. That was my goal that I had for myself this year, but we do have pike around here and, and a lot of the rivers and stuff. Some of the rivers um, actually have like an, they, when they flood, there's actually little ponds that are right across from those, those like rivers and they actually get stuck in there. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, it's basically like, you know, a funneling system for those ponds where all the, all the chain pickerel and all of the pike and everything go into those waters. Okay. Cause yeah, I saw that one chain pickerel and, and, uh, you got that and then you were getting bluegill and everything else. So I was kind of wondering if you were getting a lot of predatory species in your area. Um, I do. I actually have one place where I actually go and I, I specifically target chain pickerel for top water and it's the, it's the funnest fight I've ever had. Now I've heard some people, you, you took that pickerel and ate it, didn't you? Um, I actually didn't. I actually released it back. I have oh, eaten it one. before. It's not terrible but okay. um, it's very bony, very bony meat. Yeah. I've, I've always heard that about like pike, pickerel, esocks, basically uh, that, yep. that they can be really bony. And like, if you, as long as you get them cut right and everything else, that's kind of the thing. But when you're going after walleye and perch, why would you keep a pickerel or a pike? I mean, cause exactly. I mean, th th those are really the, when you go out after walleye, are you going after them to fill the freezer? Um, for the most part. Yeah. I've had a whole, you know, whole session where I'll be like, okay, well, you know, anything, um, I think we have a limit. I think it's like five per day and it's anything on certain parts of like the river that I fish at some of downstream it's 15 inches and above you can keep. And then upstream it's 17. So, uh, okay. So there's no slot limit. It's just like a minimum size limit. Um, I think you can catch up to five, I think in one day per person. Uh, so, okay. but it's gotta okay. be down that size limit. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of there again. That's another fish that around here, they're like no limit on size or number of walleye kept because they're predatory. You know, they'll, they'll eat small fish and everything else. Um, we only caught one walleye. So <laughs> that's, that's my claim to fame. I caught one walleye out of a river where there's not like a huge population. I will wow. say the fight is very, very dull. Like you, sometimes you'll have them hit and you won't feel anything. You'll just feel like you're stuck on a rock. That's what I've heard. Uh, the, are they real light biters? Um, not, you'll hear this thump a, a lot of the times. So I'll, I'll actually, um, I'll tell you a technique that I like to use for them since they're a lot of like, they, they kind of rest on the bottom. And I usually use like a jig head, like a one quarter or one fourth ounce jig head like a ball head jig. And then I use a Mr. Twister grub and I just, that's what I got it. mine. On. I cast it out. I put some braid or some fluorocarbon, cast it out and just let it drift. And then they just hammer it. 
you know what that's what i i was fishing for shad actually uh because we have big american shad that come up here they're like three to five pounds everybody's like oh yeah well uh you're talking about those little gizzard shad i'm like no i'm talking about shad (laughs) yeah they're big you know they come out of the ocean they come in here uh and i was throwing that mr twister because that's kind of a typical like american shad lure you use like a a gold hook like 132nd ounce head and then you run a three-quarter ounce like cannonball so you can really huck it out there into the river i'm barreling this thing out there and i reel and i get and it loads up and i was like oh sweet i got a shad before anybody else did because it's pretty early and then it started taking drag i'm like well that's kind of interesting and then i I reel it up i'm like that's a freaking walleye i pulled it up i like i can't believe i just caught a walleye uh chartreuse two inch or one inch mr twister that's awesome it's kind of in the same as like a drift fishing thing. I feel it bounce bottom. Da, da, da. So maybe I'm just going to go out there with like a whole sack, of quarter ounce jig heads because it's real snaggy on in our rivers. Let's take a whole bag and go flip them out. There. Yeah, you will lose a lot of lures because of the rockiness and everything. But normally my go to colors are um, it's normally black, white, or it's kind of like a um, whitish chartreuse color. OK, so uh, I think what is. So the black, do they have like the, the actual color names? Like there's a monkey milk. I, I know that. Uh, I'm I think so. I the other ones. Okay. I can't I remember normally all just the go, colors. I normally just go to Walmart and buy like some Johnson ball head jigs and it comes with the twister right on it. So. Oh, oh yeah. I got, my wife got some of those out of the uh, discount bin. Actually, they're like three yeah. eighths with the twister on it, like curly oh, tail grub. They're perfect. Yeah. yeah. She was like, Hey, go try these. So I, I, I took the black jig off you know or grub off and i put a big chartreuse one on fling it out you know this is three eighths ounce so you can really hurl that thing it's oh, got yeah. some meat behind it but this is cool because uh you know a lot of people don't really talk about like their walleye fishing technique around here our walleye is more like bottom walker rig with bow tie blades <laughs> like on a wedding ring and night crawlers and you'll okay. barely see the bump and and it's mostly trolled and it's trolled like over on the east side of the state like uh high desert area is where they gotcha. they do a lot of that kind of fishing so um but that's an interesting technique uh how, how did you come into figuring that out well i mean a lot of my buddies and everything showed me and then you know i just kind of searched it up i was like how do walleye fish and people were like oh you use this 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 and this and then i actually um i got in with a person that i was fishing with um for a couple of months and she actually started using that stuff too and i'm like you know what i'm gonna try that out and it ended up working yeah i i was just always curious because i see so many pictures with that curly tail like what is that i mean so you're drift fishing it so you cast out bump 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 and they're just intercepting it yep that's all that they do because if it hits off the rocks that curly tail spinning around and then all of a sudden it gets hammered smallies will actually hit that too oh yeah yeah i've I've noticed that the smallies really turn on to the curly tails i i i love like ned and curly tail fishing because the grabs are so it's not the same in some respects as like a Texas rig or a Carolina or something like that. It's more of just like an immediate grab and hookup, you know, cause you're sitting there, you're letting it sink and you just feel everything happen right there. It's like, yeah. man, it's just it's a, so just, cool. It's just a typical finesse fishing tactic. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. It's, it's so much fun. Um, man. Uh, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about you instead. I mean, this is fantastic stuff, okay. but Um, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about you. So you do a lot of different social media stuff and, and, and that's why, you know, number one, that's how I know you. That's how a lot of the folks that are listening to this right now know you, uh, what got you started with, uh, the fishing social media? 
Well, I mean, a lot of it was just basically that I wanted to just do- kind of document myself. I had my own personal Instagram page for, you know, since, since my high school years. And I was like, you know what? I kind of love fishing so much and I want to share it with people. And I didn't think it would get as big as it as has gotten. Um, and then I just was kind of like, you know, if, if I'm going to make this into a thing, I would really like to get this into a full-time gig eventually down the line, you know, kind of build myself up to a point where I could be able to hunt and fish and do all that stuff for the rest of my life. Because if, if I feel like if I could do that and be being able to go hunting and fishing every day, I, I'd be an eternal peace. I would literally, I, I don't know what I would do with myself. <laughs> like that's just the all-time, you know, go and end all goal for uh for get them outdoors but it really started with just basically you know just trying to document and share my life and just you know something for my family to kind of you know look at and be like hey you know darren's out here catching fish darren's out here having a good time you know just documenting my life so and then it just kind of went upon me one day and i'm like you know what i think i could turn this into a thing oh absolutely well it's cool because that that's exactly why a lot of us do this is like, we're kind of documenting this, this stuff that we enjoy doing in our life. Really cool, though, that you're, uh, you know, originally started out all fishing. And then now you're also doing hunting as well, the fishing and hunting thing. Uh, when you made that transition, uh, did, did you notice any change in like your following or anything like that? Um, I have a little bit, um, you know, I just, I didn't want to have, I, I, I loved the name empire state fishing because it was a really good name, but then I was like, you know, if I move away for whatever reason, or I go someplace else, if the world takes me somewhere else, I don't want to be stuck to just a specific state. I'd rather be my own person and get them outdoors is actually like, you know, I want to get people outdoors. So instead of like it being get them outdoors, it's get them like go get them or something like that is actually my catchphrase. So, okay. Well, and, and you had talked about, you know, earlier in the episode, uh, inspiring kids and, and, you know, young children, uh, probably teenagers as well. I mean, obviously the, the whole social media reach aspect is a part of that. Um, are you getting a lot of interaction with, uh, a lot of like younger adolescents? We get a few messages here and there, but nothing, Um. nothing really extensive. I get a lot of people, people like they want to reach out to me. They're like, Hey, you know, if you ever, if you're ever down in this area, let me know. And you know, that's just, that's just the fishing, you know, the fishing community is just, it's one of the best communities out there. In my opinion, like if you need something or any, you need to ask for anybody for help or tips or anything, they got your back. And there's no, there's no real criticism in it from what I, from what I, you know, experience. but it's definitely one of the better, you know, um, you know, what am I trying to say? It's, it's definitely one of the better places to be around the better community because they have your back no matter what. And I've met a lot of friends along the way with this good fishing community. And I'm just so glad that I'm, you know, involved in it. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that that says a lot because, um, you know, with the community and everything else, the way that it is, right now it's a really supportive group of folks and i and i thoroughly thoroughly enjoy uh our our fishing community especially because everybody's so supportive of each other and and uh they've done an excellent job uh all of us in in this community uh, especially kind of our own little neck of the woods uh we've done an excellent job with that um i you know where I, I guess what a, uh, you know, question 
for you is, is, um, where, where do you want to see yourself in like five to seven years? Five to seven years, I would love to see myself being able to, you know, do content and everything every single day, wake up in the morning and be like, you know what, I'm going to go film a fishing video, or you know what, I'm going to go film a hunting video, or I'm going to, I'm going to do something, you know, to brighten up somebody's day. And, you know, just to be out there in nature, because I've been always that type of person that I've always wanted to do something outdoors. I've always been that type of person. Like if I got out of school, I'm going out to the river. If I, you know, am doing something else, I'm going out into the woods and I'm setting up trail cameras or I'm getting my sight patterns in or I'm sighting my bow in and all that stuff. And it really started with my family. My uncles and everything are all avid hunters. I'm probably the last fisherman in our family for the most part because other than my grandfather, but he was the biggest inspiration for me and this page alone. Because without him showing me all of these things and showing me hunting and fishing, I probably wouldn't be who I am today. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, you and your grandfather really spent a lot of time together in your youth and, and he gave you a, a lot of good things. And that, and that's awesome because that, you know, for, for listeners, you do need to spend that time with kids so that they can, you know, learn the joy of the outdoors. I think that's, one of the biggest things that we get from each other, uh, especially being, you know, out, people in the outdoors, we can, we can show people this and them not be intimidated. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things is not intimidating people. Yeah. And everybody is welcome into this community. That's, that's the thing with this too. You don't have, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't know where, doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't know, you know, matter who you're associated with or anything. You're welcome into this community no matter what with open arms have you have you ever ran up against anybody that's been like a gatekeeper type um i have a couple of times i've kind of tried to cut ties with people like that like i'm like okay you know like i'll still be friends with you and everything but you know i'm kind of just keep my distance um i mean the good thing is, is with this community and everything is i have actually met a lot of great people around in my area itself through the fishing community as well I've met a couple of people up probably about an hour out from me that they're like, Hey, you know, let's, let's collaborate. Let's, you know, go fishing together. And I'm like, okay, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the cool part too, is that, you know, you start doing YouTube, you start doing Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, And then all of a sudden somebody's like, Hey, where are you at? And, yeah. and at first you're kind of like, I'm not going to tell you where I'm fishing. And they're like, well, what area? You're like, well, oh, I'm, I'm in New York. I, you know, I'm like in South Central New York or I'm in Northwest Oregon or Southwest Washington or, you know, Northeast Texas or, you know, we'll, we'll just pick any number of things. Like, oh yeah, well, I, I only live like an hour and a half from there. You want to get together and fish sometime? It's like, oh, sure. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. You know, and then, and then the private message thing starts and yeah. then it's like, okay, well, this guy's not just trying to jack my private fishing spot or, you know, my where, where I'm doing good at with the techniques I'm using, yeah. I should say, um, you know, they, they actually just want to go out and hang out and enjoy somebody else's company. And so that's, that's cool. And I'm one of those type of people that if you need tips or anything, I actually had some person reach to me, reach out to me just, uh, I think it was this week. She's, she was coming up this, this, you know, week up into New York and she's like, what do I do? What do I use? And I was like, well, I'm more than happy to tell you. I mean, I'm not doing anything special with what I'm doing. I'm just learning from all the pros and all the knowledge that I have. And I'm an open book. I mean, if you 
need techniques on something or how to fish something, I'm all ears. I'm an open book. So, yeah. And, and I think that, you know, I mean, do not discredit yourself for what you know, because you're also in that locale, you know, like where the fish are, where they're not, what they're going to eat, what, what they're not going to eat, you know, uh, what's going to yeah. scare them, what's going to drive them nuts. So, I mean, that, that, but you have to put in that footwork in the field to find that out. Yeah. And I'm one of those type of people that even if I'm not catching fish and somebody else is catching fish that I'm fishing with, it's, I'm, I'm a happy either way. You know, I just like being able to put people on fish or giving people the tips to catch fish. That's awesome. Because that's, that's like kind of one of those full circle things uh, with like learning, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I guess, I guess, you know, you're, you're shown it's read to you, then you do it and then you teach it to somebody else. And it's kind of like your mastery. Right. And then you get to kind of yeah, bring exactly. it full circle, but it's, it's so, it's so awesome to be able to hear you say that like, Hey, you know, come hit me up. I need help because that, we need more people like you out there. And, and there again, you're never putting anything negative or condescending or demeaning on your media. It's just, like I said, it's just good stuff. Yeah. I'm never, uh, you know, I don't care what brand you use. I mean, sometimes I'll make like kind of jokes and stuff like that, but it's all fun and games and everybody that, you know, um, responds to it and everything knows it, but I, I don't, I mean, I use all brands. I never brand discriminate. I never do anything like that. I've always been taught, you know, like if you use something that you like, keep, keep going with it, but don't ever discourage somebody else. And that's just with the fishing industry is you don't want to, you the, the number one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to badmouth a brand because they all know about it. So yeah, that's, I try to, I try to keep myself to a higher standard than that. And I have, you know, I have standards that I, that I have to go up, you know, upon or I have to, you know, reach. So I don't like to, you know, discard any brand or anything like that. I use them all. Well, most certainly being pursuant to, you know, potential sponsorships and things like that. You never Absolutely. know who's going to come out. It could be, one of the, what, what a lot of anglers would consider to be a lower end or cheaper brand, but exactly. man, they sell a lot of rods and, and maybe they got a pro line in that rod and it's like, Hey, you know, we want you to go pitch this and maybe it's not the rod that you want to pitch, but man, if it, if it puts a check in the bank, you know, in some respects, it's like, Hey, let's do that. I can say unequivocally with yeah, our sponsors, you know, with, with our sponsors, we got our sponsors because we use all of their stuff. And, and we used and it before, awesome. before we went and talked to them. And then it was just like by a miracle that it was like, oh yeah, Scott, Scott Wilde was cool with it. And then we had Weston Fulbright. He was cool with it. And then, you know, Justin Cameron was cool with them. Like, wow. You know, we use all this stuff. We love these guys' products. These guys are super cool. You know, John did all the footwork on it. John's kind of the, the magic man, but yeah, you just never know. You know, you don't want to go bash another brand because it's like, it may be something that that person can afford and you don't want them to feel bad about using it. Yeah, exactly. And eventually down the line, maybe even a bigger company, like something like Luz or Abu Garcia or any of those places. I mean, I'm typically a huge Luz guy. I think that's just coming from the KVD, you know, whole fan, fan guy thing. But, yeah. um, you know, I've always used it that way. I've always used their gear and everything. I like them, but I use everything. I use Shakespeare, mm -hmm. Zebco, you name it, you know, whatever catches fish I'm game for. It, well, that that's kind of my attitude with it. And one, one other thing I think about is, is I'm really, really, really hard on gear. 
and I think I would just like cry if I broke like a $400 rod because I, I, I was out spring Chinook trolling and uh, the long story short, I hung up on a log with, with 200 pound shock bumper and a flasher and everything else. A lot of people are like, why do you run it that heavy? It's like, Oh, there's a bunch of crap in the river. Well, for this reason, I hang up and my rod goes, zzz, you know, it's peeling off the bait caster and it goes, called boom. And it blew up like a grenade. Oh, I'm boy. like holding my rod and I'm like, this sucks. Good thing. I got another one in the boat and I wadded that one up. I called the warranty service at Lamaglass. They sent me a new top, but uh, uh, I keep, I always have like a couple beater rods in the boat that way. It's like, all right, well I got, and when it exploded, it unhung my stuff off the log. Cause oh, I had like, great. A, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I think if I paid like three or $400 for like a really expensive rod, whether it's a, that's a bass casting rod or, or an offshore trolling rod or something like that, I think I would just be absolutely devastated. So, oh yeah, you know, I, some people consider stuff cheap, but I think that like, if you've learned about that and it works for you, then, then use it. it it's yeah. not a, you know, you don't suck because you use lose only. You don't suck because you use Abu only or Shimano or, you know, I mean, it's like, everybody's got their own feel. Everybody likes the retrieve rate on something like yep. you get a Shimano DC with 8.2 to one. Some people are just like, Oh, it sounds like a computer when you cast it. Yeah. I have you know, one of all, them actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have one of those, but it was recommended to me. I saw the price tag. I'm like, nah, I'm too cheap. I got a boat. So I got, I think a, I, I think I have the six, two to one, the smaller, the smaller gear ratio. I have the one fifty oh, okay. HG, which is actually a nice bass, um, bass reel. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, uh, uh, you know, a pretty solid setup too. And I, I, I mean, I love my, I have a Corrado. Somebody's like, Oh, that's a cheap reel. You know, I think it's like 80 bucks. I'm like, back in my day, that would have been a really expensive reel, but you know, I guess, you know, for the kids, it's kind of like, well, this is kind of like a kick around type, blah, 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 you know, type thing. Oh yeah. But you know, at the same time, I catch a lot of bass on it. I've caught salmon on it and it's just about stripped the thing to pieces, catching salmon on it, but I, I got it in. So I wasn't hey, it's too done mad its about job. It. Yeah, it's done its job. I mean, I keep it as clean as I can, but you know, I was just like, it functions, it works, it does that. But going back to the whole brand thing and everything else, have you been hit up by any brands for sponsorship? Um, I have, I have a couple of like pro staff that I'm on. I'm pro staff with Ramsey Bates. I think it's iBobber. And then I have like a, uh, like a CBD company that I'm informed with, but I haven't really had a lot of sponsorships read out, reach out to me yet. Um, I did have one company actually that came out to me and they were like, Hey, you know, we want to send you a discount code. And it was, I think it was everett.com, which is like a different, it's like a big outdoors hunting and fishing website. And I actually okay. got a free brand new lose pro TI from them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Well, the, I mean, it took them, it took them three months because they were in contact with lose and they couldn't get it because lose is a very, very popular brand and they were sold out all the time. And then they were like, you know, since you waited like three months, we might as well just like, you know, just give it to you. And I'm like, my face went, you're going to give it to me for like nothing. <laughs> you're yeah. kidding me. Right. So now I have that. And I'm like, it's, it's the, it's the best reel I've ever put my hands on. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, you know, when you can get those kinds of things that just works out so well, um, that especially when you get the free gear, some people are all like, Oh, well, you know, like, 
you know, I want to get like the money. I want to get the fame. I want to get the free gear, all this other stuff. And you're just kind of like, yeah, you know, um, yeah. but and over but time you, that helps, you know? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, are you actively pursuing any kind of sponsorships right now? I mean, are uh, I, and the only reason I'm asking this is, is if somebody's like listening, uh, I want them to know like, Hey, you know, you should be reaching out to this dude. I mean, I would absolutely, you know, if something, if I like something, I will promote the heck out of it. I mean, I'm all game for any type of sponsorships. If anybody's out there, um, you know, I would love to be a part of somebody's company they're building something big. Um, I have reached out to actually one company. Um, my uncle actually went to one of their places and they actually just went to ICAST 2022, which I would love to have go, but unfortunately I didn't get invited, but still, um, I will be at the classic next year, just letting you know, in Tennessee. So, um, but going forward, a uh, lawless lures, um, they, uh, gave me a pack of their little tiny things and they actually have a new lure. Um, it's called the booby trap. It's actually a line through lure that catches bass and anything. And I've been in talks with them a little bit, but we're still kind of in the works. So. Very cool. Well, uh, you know, that's, if you got stuff in the works, you can't go wrong with that either, because, you know, eventually it's going to materialize into kind of taking you forward and doing that kind of thing too. Absolutely. So, um, so I guess my, my, uh, next question here, we got, we got a few more minutes here before we, uh, kind of wrap up, but, right. um, usually John's here, we talk about food and, and so, uh, we always talk about uh, some kind of food. Uh, sometimes we ask about the most memorable uh, fish that you catch, but um, I'm going to combine it. What was the most memorable okay. fish you caught that you ate? Ooh, that is a good one. Well, the most memorable fish that I caught was probably, it was at least a 10 pound rainbow trout. Whoa. And I was with my grandfather at a dam area um, and I caught it on two pound test, a ultralight rod, two pound monofilament, strand monofilament, and a 20 size treble hook, 20 wow. size mustad, 20 size that mustad. It took us an hour to get it in and it was over 10 pounds and over 30, 30 inches long. That is a slob of a rainbow trout. I mean, that's a big, that's, we would consider that a steelhead here. Yeah. Uh, the and the I only was, difference. I was like five at the time. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, dang. Uh, and did you guys keep that one and eat it? Um, yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I would be keeping it too, as that long as the, it was legal and fair. That was the That's first biggest one that I caught. The second biggest one I put into, um, so I actually have, so my, my last name is Dixon. My actual first name was Vant. So, um, because my grand, my dad adopted me in 2010. So that changed my name, but I'm actually in the record book in the New Jersey fishing game for an angler award in the youth category for a 23 inch Brown trout in the new, uh, New Jersey fishing game. Wow. And that was the second biggest one. Yeah. So, so you're out getting on trout too. You're not yeah. just doing all this warm water stuff here. We are, we're talking about bass, but you hold some, you, you actually hold a record for trout. That's awesome. Cause well, it's like a, it's like a skillful angler award. So they gave me like a pin and a plaque and stuff like oh, that. Sure. But I'm, I'm still in the, like, I think it was 2004, or 2005. If anybody wants to look it up, um, my name is in there and basically what I used and where I was. And it's right in the New Jersey fishing game for the youth category of skillful angler. Wow. That's super cool. And, and what kind of methods were you using just bait on, on those um, guys? 
I was using actually, so um, my grandfather would probably haunt me for this, but I'm going to tell anybody, everybody anyway. Um, I was actually using, so what I used to use for like the trout method is I would use a 20 size mustad treble hook, which I actually have caught 30 pound carp on that too, with two pound test. It works perfect because they can't spit it out of their mouth. Yeah. And with rainbows, because rainbows have a soft mouth, they can't spit that lure or they can't spit that little tiny hook because it's actually a mustad and it's razor sharp. But mm -hmm. you put three pieces of corn on that, and then sometimes you'll put one piece of corn on it. And then you put your split sinker about maybe 16 inches from the top of it, and then it floats up, and they just absolutely go nuts for it. Yeah, you know, we we would use like an 18 to 20 treble, and we yep. would take the, the, the power bait, the dough ball, and just ball that around there, pitch that out. And um, before they came out with like the power eggs and stuff, I mean, you're just rebaiting all the time, but we would yep. drift it in between boulder pockets and stuff and catch stalker rainbows like that. All oh, the yeah. Time. Man, Have you ever those, caught a tiger trout at all? No, I've never uh, caught a tiger trout. Uh, you know, we have like eight or 10 native trout species. I'm, I might be wrong, but we got bull trout, cutthroat, uh, west slope um, cutthroats. So we have sea run cutthroat, west slope cutthroat, rainbows, of course. Nice. Um, we have brook trout, brown trout. Uh, I, I feel like I'm missing one here. Uh, the I think I said red band already. Yep. I'm probably missing one or two, but uh, we don't have any like, um, like, like any of the Palominos or any of those, ti you know, or tiger trout or anything like that. That is, that's one that I haven't gotten my hands on yet, but I have a buddy in, in uh, PA that wants to put me on a couple of them. Yeah. The bananas. Oh, I want to catch one so bad. It's like, it's like a prized fish. It's, I mean, it's a golden fish. Yeah. It's like, I, you know, I don't see how they could survive in the wild. Like as they exist, unless they hide under like every shelf and rock that they can find. In New Jersey, I did. I have caught a couple of small native browns, actually, like native to the area, but they're they don't get any more than about ten inches. Oh, I was thinking of the palominos, like the golden trout and all that. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how bright they are, but yeah. So the but the the browns definitely. I mean, they are predators. Like I I love it. We can't night fish for them here, otherwise I would mouse. Uh, so oh. they they won't allow us to night fish in our area but oh, really? something that john and i have talked about like man it'd be fun to go mouse like down in you know missouri or arkansas or something like that where you know hopefully you don't drown and break your neck while you're waiting but well if you're ever up here in new york we have this thing that um they're bullhead catfish and we do that at oh. night too and those are I mean, they're amazing. They're amazing to eat too. They're all like they have a reddish tint to their meat too and they're really delicious yeah, no, the bullheads, uh, we have those. We have brown and yellow belly uh, here, and then we have channel cat. And we do have some flatheads uh, way over uh, close to Idaho, but definitely nice. uh, some, I mean, just all the species that we have similar to each other. It's just super cool. That's, like I said, that's why I like watching your stuff. That's why I like seeing it because we have a lot of similar species and everything else. Um, so, uh, well, uh, we're coming up here on the end of the hour. So, uh, where can people find you? I know where to find you and I know where I'm going to put the show notes, but just for the people that are listening, maybe on their commute or something, where can people find you at? Well, I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I'm on TikTok as well. Um, basically all of my social media is the same. The only difference is on my YouTube, there's a dash mark and then an underscore. So it's get them dash um, or G E T dash E M underscore outdoors and then the regular like instagram tiktok 
um, and all that stuff is basically just G-E-T-E-M underscore outdoors. Okay. And uh, as far as like what platform you're the most active on, would it be IG? Um, it'd probably be IG. Um, I respond to every comment, you know, as best as I can if, if it's not bombarded with comments. But I normally am always active on Instagram or you can hit me up on TikTok too. I normally try to post a TikTok every day and I always post an Instagram thing every single day. So I'm always active on that. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, before we completely end the show, uh, favorite fish story, you got one? All right. So favorite fish story. I have one. So me and my grandfather were actually fishing and I hook into this like 40 pound carp and I don't know exactly what it is because at the time I'm only using two pound test. It took me about two and a half hours to fight that fish and then a snapping turtle about the size of probably, a, I wouldn't say a car, but like probably about the windshield of a car took the thing oh my god <laughs> and just grabbed it just while i was at the bank it came up and swooped at it and ate it i'm like my face was like oh, oh my goodness it was crazy man that's number one that's a huge carp. number two yeah. that's a big snapping turtle yeah i worked about two and a half hours for that just to have you know that snapping turtle a good meal yeah <laughs> Well, I definitely ate good that night because oh, absolutely. Uh, that's a, that's a huge fish to come up and just take off. And um, I didn't think turtles were that big in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I, I was, I, I was, shocked. I've only seen snapping turtles, like a, a visual 10 inch diameter. That's I, I haven't seen them any bigger than that. And this one had to be about 50 pounds at least. Okay. That's, that's a huge turtle. I mean, yeah. for, for being out in the wild and surviving that long and everything else, that's a pretty oh, good yeah. sized turtle. Man. Well, Darren, uh, thank you so much for the stories, the, the talk, the sharing, everything else. Really appreciate what you do for the fishing community on IG. It's a, it's a huge, uh, everything that you share, the reels that you tag us in, everything else, please keep that up. And Absolutely. folks out there, you know, uh, folks out there, please check out Darren, uh, get him outdoors. We're going to have all of his information in the show notes. Uh, you'll be able to follow the links to Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, so whatever platform that you're finding us on here, uh, you can definitely find Darren on. So, uh, and as far as contacting us goes, uh, as we always like to end out the show here, uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, the Go Wild app. Uh, or you can email us at workingclassfish at gmail.com. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions about guests like Darren here, uh, or if you want to get in touch with one of us, you want to be a guest on the podcast, make sure to hit us up. So anyways, Darren, thank you so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Right on. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great day.